Tasmania Talks with Mike O'Loughlin, weekday mornings from 9. Tasmania Talks, Vet Corner. Always a pleasure to have a chat to Dr. Jen. Dr. Jen Griffiths, owner and vet at Pets Life Veterinary. Good morning to you, Jen. Good morning, Mike. How are you? I'm well, thank you. Your throat sounds a bit better today. Yes, all back to normal. <laughs> Good. Now, the, a really sad topic and something that um, had to, we've had to do even you know not so long ago, euthanasia. Um, incredibly sad, sad time for people who are in love with their fur babies and, the, the, you know, et cetera. This is an awful time, isn't it? Are you there? Hello? No, disappeared. Maybe I mentioned euthanasia and just disappeared. Don't happen there. At uh, we did have um, Dr. Jen Griffiths. Um, wait a minute. We is he is he ringing back? Rear? No. Okay. There you go. We did have Dr. Jen there. I don't know what's wrong with the phone. Our phone. This side's quite fine, but we don't have Dr. Jen on the other side talking about euthanasia. Sad topic. Speaking of which, a uh, very sad topic. New South Wales has lifted to three hundred and seventy-two cases and one death. Um, so they haven't been over 300 since October 7th, so they've had a bit of a spike. In COVID, Victoria uh, ended the world's longest lockdown. It ends tonight, yep, but uh, long, world's longest lockdown. But today their cases surged, 2,232 cases and 12 deaths too. That's the COVID update. Let's see if we can get to Jen back. Uh, good morning. Is that Jen? It is. I'm here. Sorry about that. I don't know what happened. <laughs> no, no, we're talking euthanasia, a very sad topic, but very important. It is indeed, yes. And I think it's just something that um, perhaps we all need to sort of um, discuss at some point or another when we've got pets. And I just, I think it's something that maybe we should sort of uh, talk about today um, so that people sort of maybe know how, how that process might work, at, at, you know, when it does come to that point. Yeah, it's not a very, I mean, uh, I've got certainly some, uh, just oh, broke my heart on a couple of occasions uh, with, uh, well, and t- to take pets. We took them to the, as long as they possibly could till they got extremely ill. And then the vet said, no, nah, time to go. And that's just an awful time. It is. And it, it's probably one of the hardest decisions that you'll ever make as a pet owner. And, you know, it's sometimes it can be something that is a planned thing so that you have a little bit of time to actually sort of, I guess, come to terms with the fact that you might have to make that decision. However, there's also the other side of the, the coin that we do see is that sometimes it happens really suddenly and we're not expecting it. And suddenly that pet gets very, very ill um, and that euthanasia is something that, that is a, a very reasonable thing to, to consider. Um, to alleviate any suffering um, and if there is uh, you know no chance of recovery then of course we don't want that patient to, to uh, suffer in that process so um, it's just something that you know when you come and speak to your vet and, and have a chat to them about that it's something that we just want to guide you through and, and discuss how that process might work we do understand that it is so so hard to make that decision and and I think pet owners sometimes do feel an overwhelming guilt for that because ultimately it is their oh, yeah. decision to, to do that um, and I think that's probably my biggest sort of piece of advice is as much as it's easy for me to say but to try not to feel guilty about that because you're ultimately thinking about your pet and their long-term care and, and you're not ever going to let them suffer so it's about their quality of life and making that decision for them rather than ultimately us in the end. So realistically if you've got an older pet in particular and uh, they're coming in for a, a yearly jab or whatever they're coming in to check up or whatever it's probably a good thing to say look my pet is such and such so many years old now um when should i what should i be looking for in the future that type of conversation perhaps 
Yeah, absolutely. So we have that conversation a lot with with owners, um, and yeah, absolutely right. As they're getting older, it's certainly on the forefront of many people's minds. You know, we know that that time potentially is getting closer. For me, it's about um, you know, and I've I've just just hit on that is the the quality of life aspect. So we want them to be mobile. We want them to be having fun, going out for walks and things, making sure they can go to the toilet and you know get out to the toilet, mm. eating and drinking and those sorts of things. And we've got very you know many patients that you know if that if those processes start to stop and those normal things that they should be able to do are not happening then we probably need to be considering that you know we've got a potential quality of life situation there that we need to assess and, and decide whether or not it's right for that patient to continue um, you can also come across situations where we have patients with with cancer and those sorts of things and we want to make them very comfortable we we will provide palliative care for as long as we possibly can but obviously also we're very aware of, of potentially pain being a big pro- part of uh, a lot of these chronic issues mm. that we see so if we feel that also the pain is not controlled and that things are not going well and um, then we might reach that point where we say it's time to stop and, and consider that that's it, um, that time to, to make that decision. And you've sort of touched on there what we should uh, look for uh, with our pets that as they're getting a bit older or not, not necessarily older but if if there's pain in, in areas and in that, that sort of thing. So there are some things we can look look at and say, hang on, better go to the vet. Absolutely. And just bearing in mind that, you know, as, as our pets are getting older, you know, we see things like arthritis and things and there's, there's so many things we can do for that and we can control pain brilliantly now. We have so many um, medications at our fingertips that, that are here for our pets. It, it is more when we get to the point at which, you know, they stop responding to those medications um, at which we might then say, look, there's not more, you know, any more that we can do to keep them comfortable and at that point then it's also time to, to be considering those other alternatives unfortunately. It is. It's a dreadful topic to talk about but one that is it's obviously it has to be broached at some stage is there a, a, it's interesting uh, um uh, i've got a call from debbie from devonport she said she had to put a dog down on uh, uh, 17th of november last year due to health complications and then on june 17th she had to put her cat down too she thinks it might have been a bit of a broken heart for a cat without her dog every day it still mm. it still affects debbie apparently her own health has deteriorated since i mean losing a pet or two is a pretty hard thing to go through and i can speak from personal experience there yeah look it, it's it's just absolutely devastating and we see it uh, you know we see it on a daily basis we see how much our pets mean to us and you know uh you know it, they just they're such a big part of your lives they're always there for you when you get home they always are so loyal to us and they just give us so much love and we see what a profound effect that has on people yeah. you know for some patients they're real support and um, for people that that may have um you know other um concerns or anxieties and things and those pets are there to to get them through their daily lives so we understand how important they really are and it's about making those final moments the most special that we can and and you know and ensure that that's a very peaceful um you know goodbye that we end up saying in the end because mm. you know it, it's a very dignified way to go and we we are there to to alleviate that suffering or any of that pain um but you know we're also there to, to support owners owners as well to ensure that 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 process is as calm and as as, as beautiful as it can be really in that mm. situation very tough call speaking of covid have you seen have any animals uh, presented that you think might you know because I, I don't even know whether animals can be it's been discussed a few times about animals with covid 
Uh, no, so not not currently the situation that we're aware of. I mean, there was initial talks about potentially cats and I, I believe ferrets or um, something like that that might have uh, been there might have been some association, but so uh, but it was I don't know if that was truly ever substantiated. Um, we mm. do see coronavirus as a different type of virus in dogs and causes diarrhea and, and um, gastrointestinal effects. It is not the same as what we are currently dealing with in the human um, in the human world, so not in that sense at all. So we haven't really yeah. seen any issues at all with that. Well, a touchy subject, and I appreciate you discussing it today, Jen. Um, really uh, kind of you to uh, have a chat about it. Dr Jen Griffiths, uh, our owner and vet at Pets Life Veterinary, uh, get in touch if you need to have a chat to Jen. Good to talk to you, Jen, and we'll talk next week. No worries. Thanks for having me. No worries. Thank you for your time this morning. Tasmania Talks with Mike O'Loughlin, weekday mornings from 9.